This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Diana Bartolini, a speaker, writer, and spiritual director who wants you to know your faith and live not lukewarm. Hello, everyone. It's Diana Bartolini with the Not Lukewarm Podcast. I have a special guest with me today. Jerry Windley Doust is the author of more than two dozen books on topics such as Catholic social teaching, family spirituality, and Ignatian prayer. He has an MA in pastoral ministry and is married to Susan Windley Doust, Director of Evangelization for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. Together, they have five children. Welcome, Jerry. Thanks for having me, Deanna. It's super exciting to be on this podcast. I have loved it for a long time. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. And uh, this is not the first time you've been on. You were on previously with another book on Ignatian spirituality. Yep, the Daily Examine Journal. Tell us the title of your new book. So the book is called Imagine You Walk with Jesus, A Guide to Ignatian Contemplative Prayer. And that last part is kind of the formal name that St. Ignatius gave to his um, method. Um, Really, most Christians today would call this imaginative prayer. And I can get into a little bit about what that is if you want me to. You know, we often think about prayer as prayers that we say, right? Those rote prayers that we all have in our head that, you know, are we learned when we were little kids. So we know the Hail Mary, the Our Father, the Glory Be, our little standard grace before meals, and then maybe the rosary. But all those prayers are us doing a lot of talking. In this type of prayer, it's a little different, isn't it? So maybe we should touch on a little bit how it's different than that typical idea of what prayer is. The type of prayers that you're talking about um, that we recite from memory, um, memorized prayer, and there's, you know, discursive prayer, which is also good, you know, where we're just talking with Jesus or with the Father, you, you know, having a conversation back and forth like we would with a friend. Um, and then there's meditative prayer, which would be things like the Rosary or Lectio Divina. Um, and then there's contemplative prayer, which typically in the Christian tradition is just sitting in silence with God and just resting in God. Um, now, this type of prayer that we're talking about today, it's a little bit confusing because Ignatius calls it uh, contemplative prayer. And within the Ignatian tradition, that's how it's known. But in the wider Christian tradition, it's really more of a form of medita- meditative prayer because we have just like in the rosary, how you meditate on a mystery, we're meditating on a scene from the scriptures. And so for me personally, that is what I find so enriching and important as I use that type of prayer is that it is based in scripture. Because when we're thinking of our own situation, right, when we're doing that talking to God from our head, we're so full of ourselves And I don't mean that in a bad way, but we're full of what we're thinking about, right? So in this situation, what we try to fill our mind with is the word of God, which is going to be a much more fruitful experience in terms of finding out what he's saying, because we're starting with what he has to say to begin with, right? Yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, 
Lectio Divina, of course, is like that. We take that passage of scripture and we kind of um, sit with a phrase that sort of floats to the top for us that we might feel like God is speaking to us in that moment. Um, what makes imaginative prayer uh, different is that we're actually uh, imaginatively entering the scripture. So it is, it is rooted in um, something very concrete and specific, you know, the, the word of God, um, one of the ways that God has spoken to his people throughout the centuries. And so it gives us some boundaries, right? And it, it's maybe more challenging than if, we, if we're doing all the talking ourselves, there's no one to speak back to us. The cool, the cool kind of twist is that, um, A, not only is it rooted in scripture, but B, typically when you choose a scripture passage for this type of prayer, you're going to choose one that you can enter into, like, like almost physically enter into. Like in the book, I have the conceit at the beginning of the book about what if you could get into a time machine and go walk with Jesus by the shore of the Sea of Galilee or down the road from Jericho to Jerusalem, or if you could be in Capernaum when he's healing the, the people. Um, what if you were there and you could actually look him in the eye? And that's what creates kind of a different dynamic is... Yes, it's talking to God like we do sometimes, but because we're putting ourselves in a specific situation that's very concrete, it's very physical, that kind of forces us to make choices. And um, Ignatius's goal with this wasn't that we should just sort of uh, imagine out the scripture like we were watching a movie, as if we were you know, watching The Chosen or another movie about Jesus. His idea was that uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that breathed life into the scriptures in the first place is also active in us, of course, because of our baptism. Um, so with the help of the Holy Spirit, we would give our imaginations over to God. We would read these scripture passages, and then we would allow the Holy Spirit to use our imagination to enter into that uh, Bible scene. But instead of like a movie where we're doing it at arm's length distance, Ignatius's goal was that we would actually interact with the situations in that scene. So if we're imagining that we're uh, in the boat crossing the Sea of Galilee and there's a storm, we're imagining ourselves in that boat. And what are we saying to the other apostles? Uh, <laughs> are we the ones who are trying to wake up Jesus and he won't wake up? Uh, what, what's our reaction when he kind of takes us to task for not having faith? And, you know, <laughs> how, how are we reacting? And in that di dynamic, that's where the prayer happens. That's where the development of our relationship with God happens, where we're bringing our own spiritual state now to that scripture. And we can use that as a launching I might choose to enter into that particular Bible story because maybe I'm having a rough time in my life right now. The seas are stormy and I feel like Jesus is asleep. After we've sort of entered into that scene and gone through it, you know, 
the beautiful thing about this type of prayer is when we're really depending on the Holy Spirit to help guide us, it's really surprising what comes out of that interaction or that dynamic. Um, so hopefully at the end, we're actually having a one-to-one conversation with Jesus, or maybe with one of the other characters, like maybe we're talking to Peter, like, what the heck? What, why did he do that? And we're having that conversation. But ideally, Ignatius wants us to focus on Jesus. At that point, we might kind of go off script a little bit and actually start saying about, you know, Jesus, you, this is so typical of you. You have been asleep in the home with, with my struggle with my child's illness and with my job situation, this and that, the other thing, you're telling me this, you know, why don't I have enough faith? I, I feel like, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da. Come to new places in prayer that can be very surprising. Whenever you come, or rather, whenever you go to God in prayer, if you open yourself up, it is always surprising. So here's what I'm going to tell you. So I, uh, I'm, not, I'm not telling you, Jerry, I'm telling you, the listeners, if what Jerry is saying to you, saying to us, sounds like it might be too much or too confusing or too difficult, I want to tell you something. As I read the introduction, and I believe it was the first chapter of the book, the explanation and then also the steps in each chapter that you go through as you read through the chapter, it is all laid out there in front of you you learn truly how to enter into the scenes to see what is going on, to hear what is going on, to feel the feelings that you are having. All of that, Jerry does an unbelievably great job of explaining that. So taking that idea of entering into the scripture is something that is so helpful and something that I think all of us can benefit from. Because in the end, it is extremely practical because as we were just saying, you move from what you are actually seeing and interacting with scripture for that time. And then you say, okay, what does this have to do with me now? What's going on in my life that I, that this applies to me. And that's what you're going to get answers to. And that's where you're going to get some idea of what God either wants you to do or how God is helping you, or maybe how God has helped you in the past, how you can rely on him, you get answers to your questions. Obviously, it's not going to be an email or an audible voice, but you learn the important things about what's going on in your soul and how God is right there with you and how Jesus is right there with you. And I think that is so, so important. So it may sound very lofty, but it's very, very practical. And again, that's one of my points is that our spiritual life needs to be applicable to daily life. In your book, one of the chapters, and I don't have it in front of me, uh, you describe the time of Jesus, like what people were wearing, how they cooked, how they mm-hmm. lived. What Was that the introduction or the first chapter? The introduction kind of walks us through the steps of the uh, process because St. Ignatius, you know, he, he came from the military and the aristocracy. So he had a process for everything. It was really rooted in practical, practical experience. Um, so the introduction kind of uh, breaks down the process as it's laid out by Ignatius and, and other experts in this type of prayer. And then the second 
part um, is called A Tour of First Century Palestine. And we kind of imagine that we're going to hop into our favorite time machine and go back there. And um, the purpose of giving some of that concrete historical and cultural background it's really to help fill in some of the gaps that would have been obvious to a first century person hearing these gospel stories, like in the story of Martha and Mary in the house, someone hearing this, this part of the gospel for the first time would easily be able to imagine, you know, exactly what that looked like, what kind of cooking utensils there would be and all of that, what might be on the, on the fire, that, that kind of thing. So that section provides um, some background. And then there's 40 chapters with 40 readings. And as you say, uh, it is meant to really walk people through Ignatius's process, step-by-step kind of holding your hand along the way. And the, so I absolutely thought the fact that you did that, you know, tour of first century Palestine was brilliant because it does fill in the gaps because our idea of a house to use your example and what it actually looked like then it's not the same thing it's similar but it's not the same so th- those things were really helpful i also the chapters go really from uh, the beginning of jesus's life to the resurrection and and after the, i think there's one or two stories for after the resurrection and so reading that really praying through because you this is not a book to read it's a book to pray with and so if you were to pray through each of those chapters so i'm going to give you a plan take one a day or if that's too much take one every two or three days right and you will get a huge beautiful overview of jesus's life on earth and in your spiritual life i think that is extremely beneficial you know, and as, as good as the movies are that we've seen of Jesus's life, you're just watching them, right? You're, you're watching them and they're fun and they're interesting and they help us learn. But praying with those stories, with, the, with that scripture is going to bring you to a deeper level of appreciation for who Jesus is, for what he did for us and who you are in relation to him. Do you think it's helpful to have those concrete things to imagine? And, you know, uh, that does sometimes fill in pieces that are really critical to understanding the significance of the story. At the same time, um, some of us, like someone like me, you know, it might be easy to, we're trying to get away from intellectualizing the Gospels or, or analyzing them, right? We don't want to get too scripture scholarly about it. So we're, we're bringing in this, those historical details to help flesh things out. We don't want to get bound by them because the goal is always to uh, connect with Jesus in, in your current life. Um, follow the Holy Spirit wherever the Holy Spirit leads you. So we have a description of a fishing boat in, in that introduction because we have, we've, we've dug them up or archaeologists have. So we, we know that it's uh, a typical fishing boat on the Sea of Galilee was 27 feet long, 7 feet wide. It had, you know, a, a small mast and with two sets of oars, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so we can imagine that if we want to, but if, if 
it's more helpful for you to be imagining that fishing boat as your grandfather's Lund outboard, outboard uh, fishing boat. You know, that's what you follow. You follow where the Holy Spirit leads. I think that's a really important point is that we try not to follow ourselves because I know for me, if I follow myself long enough, I'm going to be in the wrong place. Um, so try as best as possible to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. We are going to do a little imaginative prayer. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to go ahead and um, walk through one of these uh, stories? I do. I do. From Luke chapter five, verses four to 11. So you want me to go ahead and read those or do you, you want me to stop after each verse? How do you want to do it? Let's sort of walk people through the process. Okay. And there's, Ignatius has us do some preparatory work before we dive into the scriptures. So um, let me walk us through that piece very briefly, and then we'll read the scripture, and then we'll, um, we won't actually do it because typically that would take 15 or 20 minutes, but we'll right. kind of talk through the pieces. The first thing we want to do is just take a few moments to quietly rest in God's presence. Just like we would anytime we're preparing to pray, we need that two-minute buffer. doesn't need to be long, but just that little buffer to transition from whatever else we were doing in our busy lives. And then Ignatius wants us to um, uh, say a short prayer um, that's dedicating this time to uh, the purpose that we have in mind for it. Um, and in the book, there's a, a short prayer that's related to the scripture. Um, in this case, Jesus, may I walk with you along the shore of the Sea of Galilee as you call your first followers, that your spirit breathe in me, enlivening my imaginations so that I can grow closer to you. Amen. And then, Deanna, if you want to go ahead and read that excerpt. Okay. After, after he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Simon said in reply, Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing, but at your command, I will lower the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were tearing. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come to help them. They came and filled both boats so that they were in danger of sinking. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For the astonishment at the catch of fish they had made seized him and all those with him. And likewise, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon, Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. So that's beautifully read. Um, thank you. So if we were doing this for real at this point, we would um, probably want to just sit there with that reading for a little bit and let it sink in. And then uh, maybe read it again one or two more times, and um, just want to absorb, uh, absorb it into you and sort of 
do a little bit like Lectio Divina where we're sort of paying attention to what's surfacing, but we also wanna pay attention to the physical details, which we kind of sometimes gloss over. Um, um, when we're reading it or hearing it in the pews. And so then the next step sort of flows from this first step of reading. The next step is what Ignatius calls composition of place. And so after having sort of read over the scripture, we want to set the scene. We want to imagine very concretely what's happening in this scene. And Ignatius is very explicit about, you know, you want to uh, engage all your senses in this. So in this case, you might start by imagining what does this um, sea smell like? It's an inland sea, it's freshwater sea, so it's not salty, but we've all been by a lakeshore and that sort of damp, fishy smell. What are we hearing? You know, probably some gulls, the, the sound of waves, um, the sound of waves on the shore, but also against the boats, probably uh, 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 other people fishing and some activity along the shore. In the book, this, this section typically will have a little bit of this uh, geographical, historical, cultural background. For example, with this story, we note that Fishing was typically done at night because it was easier to catch fish at night because um, the fish were less likely to see the nets. So it wouldn't have been unusual for him to be fishing all night. Um, but we can imagine what that would have been like. And what does Peter look like? You know, <laughs> he's probably ready to go home and take a nap. That, that, all of that kind of concrete stuff. And most of all, what's going on with Jesus? You know, we want to pay attention to what's Jesus's attitude. Um, what's his tone of voice as he's saying these things? The book has some prompt questions. Um, typically, you want to choose who you're going to be in this story. So I might choose to be Peter, or I might choose to be one of the other apostles who are working with him, or um, an observer you know, some random person on the beach. Oftentimes you want to choose the person who is interacting with Jesus most directly um, because that's going to be the richest interaction with Jesus. But sometimes you might need to hold yourself a little bit at a distance because it might be too intense at first, and that's okay too. So after you've done the composition of place, you're going to let your Holy, the Holy Spirit be your guide as you enter the uh, gospel narrative. And you're going to actually um, state what you most desire to come out of this interaction. So in this case, you might, for instance, bring something from your own life. You might say, Jesus, as I walk with you in this gospel passage, I'm really bringing to this a lot of frustration with this project that I'm working on that has not borne any fruit. And it feels like you're calling me to do this, but da-da-da-da-da. Or I'm struggling with how to follow you in this situation. And I, I'm hoping that in this time of prayer, this will come out of that. There'll be some resolution to this. Ignatius wants us to be very explicit about what we're coming to this prayer 
intending. And then you just quietly sink into the scene. And now that you've done all of this preparatory work, you enter into it. And so if I'm choosing to be Peter, I am thinking about how do I feel? What does it feel like to be Peter? I am feeling privileged to be able to take this great teacher out in my boat and I'm listening to his words teaching and everything. And he, he's finished teaching and now I'm expecting I'm going to go in and maybe clean the nets and everything and kind of wind down my day. But instead he turns to me and he's like, hey, go back out. It's the middle of the day, you know, not the best. Even if you're a casual fisherman like me, you, you would know that this isn't the best time to go out fishing, right? Because the fish tend to go deeper to the cooler water and everything. Uh, and it's like, okay, you're not a fisherman. You're telling me to go out. It's like, okay. And so you might in that space, you might even think, how am I, how's Peter reacting to this? someone telling him to go back out. Uh, and how am I reacting to this? Jesus is asking me in this space to do something that seems nonsensical to me. How, what's my impulse to push back on him? What do I say back to him? I might go a little bit off script with this. You know, I might say to him what's on my, on my heart. You know, Peter might not have said it, but maybe I say it. And, you know, how is Jesus looking to, at me? You know, and the beautiful thing about imaginative prayer is I can not only have the words, but I can see Jesus's face. And so much is communicated with that look um, or that touch. And that can be really healing to encounter Jesus in that way. Yes, the, the whole purpose of the prayer is really to enter in and to engage with with Jesus to engage with the other people in the story you know and what what does Jesus have to say to you what's he saying to me yeah and so then you Ignatius wants us to kind of slide from the story into a conversation with Jesus so we might slide out of the story and know that the story's kind of prepped us for for having this encounter maybe we just stay with Jesus a little bit longer, even after the action of the story is completed. And maybe we're, we continue talking to Jesus, or maybe we take it to God. Um, Ignatius calls this the colloquy, just a, a conversation with God. And then he wants us to end with an Our Father. We can end with whatever prayer makes sense to us, the sign of the cross or a Hail Mary or whatever seems right. Um, and in the book, there's some reflection questions at the end to kind of recap. Um, how has this encounter with Jesus changed me? Because, uh, you know, with this kind of intense encounter with Jesus in prayer, we leave that encounter changed. And that's the process. To answer that question, how does this inter interaction, how does this time of prayer change me? And I think that is such a good question and a good way to end your conversation, right? And then I know Ignatius, or at least other people have said, you know, it's always good to maybe journal a little bit, jot down a few notes a little time after the prayer time to see what has stuck with you about what transpired in that prayer time. 
And when you look back on those notes on your journal, I know a lot of uh, men, I don't know if men are big journalers. I'm not a really big journaler anyway, but I do take notes when I pray at when I'm done praying. And when I look back, when I'm having those moments where I'm thinking, really, did you really mean this? I kind of look back and go, oh, yeah, well, you told me three times in two weeks. I guess you really mean it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's great. So that can also um, be of a help. I think, again, to go back, not so much to the prayer itself, the how to do it, but really to, to stress the point that in your book, in the writing, each of the chapters does a very thorough explanation, yet it encourages you to make it your own. So it's not this passage of scripture that Luke wrote that, you know, Jerry Winley Doust has reconfigured to make it sound the way he wants it to. No, it's not that at all. Entering into, uh, you do a very good job of helping people enter into it and getting what they need from the scripture, which I think is very important. Yeah, the process needs to be led by the Holy Spirit. And so the purpose of the book is really to make this form of prayer more accessible to those of us who don't have a lot of practice with it. And as you say, you know, both the prompt questions, the composition of place, and also then um, the reflection slash journaling questions at the end are really designed to be open-ended and um, just sort of get you started with thinking about um, what is God saying to me here? You know, what, what really rose to the surface? Even Ignatius is big on, he wants us to think about how did I feel? Because sometimes those feelings can, you know, if I feel angry and annoyed with Jesus, you know, it's not that we're affirming that per se, but it can be a good indicator of uh, uh, what kind of spiritual work I need to do. So I might come away and say, hmm, yeah, what, what, what do I do with this now? Why was I feeling angry? And uh, maybe I'd take that into my next encounter with Jesus and keep on working on that issue. That's the beauty of the prayer. It, it, it can do many things. Sometimes it consoles us. Sometimes it convicts us. Sometimes it heals us. Um, but in some way, I believe that it is going to transform us in, in a big way, maybe, or in a small way. But it will, when we, when we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, he works. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. It, it really is. Um, okay, so I could talk about this for a couple more hours because <laughs> I just got back from spiritual direction school where we did a lot of this type of praying. And so I yeah. love to talk about it. However, we're going to move on to the next thing, which is who published this book? Where is it available? Yeah, so it's um, from Our Sunday Visitor. And it's available pretty much wherever books are sold. Um, you can get a print copy. It's also available as an ebook. Um, and if you want to kind of dip into this a little bit without making a big commitment, um, you can also look for the uh, free PDF resources at gracewatch.org slash imagine. I'll have a link to that in, in the show notes to, to Grace Watch. And so... I, this book is excellent. I absolutely love it. And I am 
probably going to be using it. And I know for certain I'm going to be sharing it with people who want to learn more about imaginative prayer because Jerry does a much better job of explaining it than I do. Um, 100%. Well, you flattering. Do. <laughs> I, you just made my week. Um, so, no joke. I'm bringing on a lot of other people for, for help with this book. No, I think so. it's extremely well done. And I'm not yeah. just saying that as a fan of Ignatius and someone who, uh, and someone who thinks you do great work as well. That's not it. I'm totally honest. Even if I didn't know you, I would think the book was great. So excellent job. Um, I will be recommending it highly to other people as well. Um, as you know, I always like to leave people with a little challenge, how to live, not lukewarm. So what is, what is our challenge for this week? Well, as you might imagine, the challenge is pretty straightforward. Um, I challenge you to uh, try out this form of prayer sometime this week. Choose a scripture passage that speaks to your heart or maybe something from the daily or the Sunday readings and sit down and try this form of prayer. We've gone through it once, so you've kind of got a template already. There are some resources online. And uh, uh, go walk with Jesus. See, see, what, uh, see how he looks in your eyes and what he might have to say to you um, sometime this week. I think that is a great challenge. Uh, one that I think people would do well, in my opinion, to incorporate imaginative prayer into their prayer life on a regular basis, because you really do learn so much about what Jesus wants you to know about yourself and about him. And I don't think there's anything better, right? And it is of huge help in our spiritual life, but also in our daily life, which we are, where we're constantly being bombarded by voices that tell us things that are not so helpful or kind or loving. <laughs> so, Yeah, for sure. So it can be a huge help in our spiritual life and in our, in our daily life as well. Um, so you can find most of, all of Jerry's work is on Grace Watch, right? Yeah, most of it. Yep. Okay. So I will link to that. Gracewatch.media. Gracewatch.org. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Gracewatch.org, where you can find Jerry and his work and learn more about what he has going on. And I uh, encourage you to check out his new book, Imagine You Walk With Jesus by Jerry Windley Doust, published by Our Sunday Visitor. Jerry, thank you very much for being with us today. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you, Deanna, for doing this. You're very welcome. And everyone have a great week. And I will see you again next time. God bless you all. Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listen. Show notes and links are at notlukewarmpodcast.com.